Do you have it? Scripture tells us, do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though young people grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Is anyone thankful for that promise tonight? Tonight, the title of the sermon, and we're going to declare this together. Everyone say it with me. Back up. I'm waiting for my cargo. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, which is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. I pray at this moment you would use me as an instrument for your honor, for your glory, once again, to be able to minister your word to your people. Let it be a seed sown in good ground, and I pray that you would once again open the windows of heaven over this place. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. You may be seated tonight. Back up, I'm waiting for my cargo. In life, I thank God, I thank God for two incredible people in my life. Those are my, my mother and my father. And one, one thing I thank God about my dad is that my dad was a truck driver. He was a truck driver from the time he was 18 until he was no longer able to be a truck driver. I was about five years ago. J.D., can you show the picture of the 18-wheeler, please? I want you to pay very close attention to this, please, to this picture right here. It's that I want us to pay very close attention to this because... This is not the very easiest of vehicles to drive, okay? I see these things even on the road, and I get nervous driving next to them. Whoever I'm with, if you drive with me, I'm going to slow down whenever I'm next to these because I get very nervous because I know that they'll move very easily. And I want, to, I want you to realize this. They're not just going anywhere. They're going to drop off something. There's something very important in the back. They're hauling something that needs to get somewhere in a very, in a very quick amount of time. And if they're not there, it's, it's going to get off schedule. I want you to realize tonight that God is the driver of the 18-wheeler that is hauling your cargo. He's not late. He knows exactly when you need it. And guess what? He is the driver. You don't need to worry about it. He knows exactly when you need it. You don't need to worry. Is it going to show up on time? All you need to do is be ready to receive it. Is there anybody ready to receive the cargo that God is ready to deliver for you? Praise the Lord. I want us to focus on a couple of things tonight. The first thing I'm going to focus on is who is driving that truck. First thing, as we just said, God is the driver of the 18-wheeler. I'm going to say this first things first. God does not need a backseat driver, okay? A lot of times we like to tell God what we need in our life, what thing, how things need to go. God knows better than we do how things are going, what situations are happening in our life. He knows better, better than us where things need to be, where things need to go. A lot of times we think we know ourselves better than he does. But let me encourage you with this. Psalms 139 says that he has searched us and he knows our ways. He knows you better, better than you do. He knows you better than your mother does. Believe me, friend, he knows everything that you need. He knows when, he knows when you need it, even, even before you need it. 
need it. He knew that the job that you have and that you, that you were going to need it, he lined it up so that way you could have it. Sometimes what you call surprise blessing to God, it was right on time. It's never just by accident to God. It's never by what we call coincidence. Everything, according to God, according to what his scripture says, it is to in due time, like what scripture says, to everything underneath the heaven, it is, an, it is, it is a perfect time. Now, nothing catches God by surprise. Whenever we drive on the road, there's speed bumps, there's potholes, there's traffic. Ooh, I hate that one. Especially whenever, whenever, I'm, whenever I'm driving to Houston, I feel like Highway 59 is always under construction. And whenever I'm looking, I'm looking on my GPS, I, oh, I'll always look just to double check, is the line going to stay blue or is there a little line of red in there? Because if there's red in there, that means that it's going to delay me just a little bit. But let me encourage you with this. Whenever God has set a course on your life, he doesn't need to worry about any obstacles that are there. If God has set a blessing on your life, he's headed straight towards you. It doesn't matter what obstacles may be around you. It doesn't matter what, what situations may be happening around you you. God is headed straight for you. Don't even worry about it, friend. It is on the way. I remember when I was younger, I would, whenever my dad would take us anywhere, the million-dollar question I would ask my dad probably every 10 minutes, Dad, where are we going? And my dad's famous phrase was, just sit there and ride. And I feel like God's response to us tonight is that just sit there and ride. There were a few times my mom, my mom and I, and sometimes my sister and my two brothers, we would travel with my dad, and I would think it would be the coolest thing to ride on this big, big vehicle to wherever my dad, my dad was going. And I remember thinking, wow, this is going to be so great. But then we'd be on the road and thinking, no, this is so boring. Why? Because now we're just driving. It's like a, nor it's like a normal car ride. But what I, failed, what I failed to realize as a kid was that this is really dangerous. My dad had to be even more cautious than all the other drivers on the road. Not, not just for the other four-wheeled vehicles on the road, but he has an 18-wheeled vehicle on the road. Any little thing that he could hit could really do a lot of damage for the road. I want you to pay very close attention that God is extremely cautious with your life. That he's not going to just let any little thing affect your life. So what, so what am I talking about? The things that you think are little in your life are really big to God in your life. Like what? The people that you let impact your life. Like, for example, if you had a million dollars in the bank right now, praise the Lord. You had a million dollars in the bank right now and you dropped and somebody took a $10 bill. You wouldn't even worry about it, right? Some of us wouldn't. But... You, if someone took a $10 bill away from me, you wouldn't even worry about it. What? I have a million dollars in the bank. I have, why would I even worry about $10? Well, let me compare it to time now. If you have all this time in your life, why are you going to let somebody take 10 minutes away from your life from one negative thing that they said about you earlier in the day? Don't worry about what anybody, what any negative thing has to say in your life. Because I know, friend, we could hear a thousand good things about us in life, but then we hear that one negative thing, and then it kind of takes us off course, off course a little bit. Well, let me encourage you with this. The one good thing you need to worry about is what God had to say about you, is that you have already been forgiven. Forget the thousand negative things the enemy had to say. When God said you were forgiven, check mark, it's done, you are good, it's done. Done. Forget it. 
But the enemy's like, but ain't no buts about it, it's done. The enemy likes to play this game of reversal. Like, let's go back. You forgot something. But whenever God's taking you somewhere, there is no such thing as let's go back. We're only, we're only moving forward. God is only moving forward. That's why he's the driver. That's why we ain't going nowhere if we're driving. And a lot of times, a lot of times, whenever, if we're going to, if we're going to sit there and let him drive, it's going to require a huge element in life. And it's this one big word. It's really a small word, but really it's a big word. It's called wait. How many of you like to wait? I was at a doctor's appointment the other day. It was at 9 o'clock. I already knew that appointment is not going to be at 9 o'clock. here I am, now I'm finally getting seen, and then I finally get into the actual doctor's office. Okay, 10.15, here we go. We don't like to wait, do we? We get in line at a fast food place, and we wait five minutes, and the world's going to end. But really, let let me explain something to you, is that God, God's not in a hurry in your life. And sometimes it feels like we want him to be. Let me, let, me explain, let me explain something to you. There's five reasons in life why you have to wait. The first thing, the first reason why you have to wait, because waiting reveals your true motive in life. Sometimes in life we come, some people, if I'm being honest, they come to church because they just want to feel better. Guys, we don't come to church to feel better. We come, we come to church because we come to worship God. Because that's what he deserves. C.S. Lewis said this, God did not come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. And that is what, as a church, we have been called to do, is that we've been called to become an open door to do that, to do that for others. And that uh, us, us as his church body, we come here and we wait for God to move. And we will do that. Our motive in waiting for God is that his word will surely, will surely prove true. What did, what did the scripture tell us? Is that we will mount up with wings like eagles. I'm believing that promise. Are you? That's my motive. Nothing else to it except I am believing that God is going to give me the strength that I need for another day. Anybody else believing for that? The second, the second reason is that waiting builds patience in our lives. I'm going to be, on, I'm going, I'm going to be honest with you. One of my biggest privileges in, in life is ministering to the beautiful children here at Kingsway Church. And I see, I see a number of them here, here in the congregation tonight. So on Sunday mornings, you won't generally see me here. It's because you'll see me in the, in, you see me in the student chapel with our, with our beautiful 5 to 11-year-olds. And it wasn't, it wasn't always that way, friends. <laughs> the Lord built patience in me. I remember quite a number of years ago, probably, uh, probably like 10 years ago, at my church in Victoria, I was, asked to, I was asked to step in on a Sunday night to help during children's church. I was like, sure, why not? I've never done it before. I did it that night, and I, I asked them never to ask me again. And I was like, Mm-mm, no, never, please, never. Pastor Deborah, please never ask me to do this ever again, please. And I realized that that, that was an area in my life that really needed help. And guys, whenever we need assistance in an area in our life, the best person to ask is God. And believe me, he'll show you in such a bizarre way that nobody else could do it except for him. 
And years later, as we're getting ready, as we're getting ready for, for a 21-day mission trip to Mexico and Guatemala, I asked the Lord a very specific prayer, short but sweet. I asked him, Lord, on this trip, show me new things about serving you. I didn't even realize I loved doing. And sure enough, it was, it was serving the children. I'm like, wow. And sure enough, as I'm serving, as I'm serving the children, I realized that became my favorite part of the entire trip. And then that brings, me to the, that brings me to the third reason is that waiting builds anticipation. It makes me excited. It makes me excited to serve the children. I kid you not, it's not, a, it's not always the, easy, the easiest thing to do, but it's so worth it whenever I hear parents tell me, oh, you wouldn't believe what my, what my kid told me about last Sunday. They tell, and they'll tell me stories about what they remember, and like, that lifts my heart like nothing else, I promise you. You... Guys, waiting, waiting on God. God will lift your spirit up the way nobody else can. And why is that? Because whenever, whenever, you're, whenever you're in the passenger seat, have you ever noticed you can actually look around at stuff? Now, whenever you're driving, all you can do is what? Look forward. But whenever you're in the passenger seat, you can look around. And say, oh, I never noticed I was there. When did they build that store over there? Like you notice things. And then... The fourth reason that waiting builds your character. I, I thank God I'm not the same person I was whenever I first started in this faith. Can we all thank God for that? that we were not the same person we were whenever we first started. It's been so far an 11-year journey, and I thank God that the Lord has been molding me into something even better than I, was, than I was yesterday. Whenever I say better, I mean I'm transformed continuously by his mercy and his grace, which is completely new every day. And I thank God for that. And that's what waiting on God does. You want to know what being impatient in God looks like? It's the one, It's for those who choose to stay the same consistently every day. And we do not want to be that way. It's the ones who say, just God, let me drive. I got this. I know what I need to do. Oh, you do, huh? And believe me, friends, God will let you drive. If you ever think he won't, he will. There's numerous, there's numerous passages in Scripture where we're, we're going to go through some where we will see where God actually lets, where lets some people get, let them fall into the, the decisions that they made because of their lack of waiting. But I thank God that no matter any one of us, no matter, no matter how many times we decided not to wait, God's grace still said, one more time. One more time. And the last reason, and the last reason I love this, and how many, how many of us ever been on a road trip before? And you, how many of you got to know the person just a little bit more? I love this part. Waiting builds intimacy and dependency upon God. I got to know God just a little, just a little bit more. And I feel like on my little road trip with God that I've taken on this 18-wheeler that me and him have been on, I finally get to ask the question, God, what's the cargo? What are we dropping off? And yes, you do get to ask God these questions. Like, God, what are you doing? How are you doing it? When are you going to do it? And yes, he will answer you. It may not be the answer you're specifically looking for, but I promise you, he will answer you. There are three different types of cargo that the, Lord, that, the Lord will, that the Lord will drop off, and the first type of cargo he'll drop off is blessing. I love this kind of cargo. How many of us were at the first ever mobile food distribution here at Kingsway Church? 
The excitement whenever that food truck pulled in was excitement I hadn't seen in a long time. It was like whenever everyone was so excited the trucks were pulling in, we were like, yes, it's time to get to work. That excitement fueled me in a way, in a way that still fuels me every fourth Saturday here at Kingsway Church. Whenever, whenever we see many cars parked out there of many families of many different stories, and there, and there are 20 to 30 volunteers who are giving their time and effort for families who really need help out there. And I thank God that we're able to do that for them. And I realize that may we never lose that excitement. May we never lose that excitement for God's blessing to roll in. That whenever God's blessing grows into, rolls into our parking lot of our life, may we never take any one of his blessing as a burden. Because sometimes it can be very easy to look at a, look at a blessing as a burden. Oh, I got to wake up for work again. Oh, man. Oh, man, I got to put gas in my car again. Oh, man, my kids are fighting again. Ren, you have kids. There was a barren woman in the scripture who prayed for kids. There are some people who can't work right now. Some of them are, are, in that, are in that food line right now. Some people who can't work right now. We're a blessed people. And whenever God rolls in those blessings, that's why I love the song that we've been singing, counting every blessing, letting go and trusting when I cannot see. Don't you just love it whenever he just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. There was a minister friend, he spoke, he, spoke at my, he spoke at my home church in Victoria about 10 years ago, and he said this, even if God were to stop giving me every single blessing right now, I would still keep serving him and thanking him for everything he had ever did in my life up until this moment because he's just that good. The next thing, the next kind of blessing is this one. I love this one too. Victories. How many of us love a good old-fashioned victory? Sometimes it takes your blood, your sweat, and your tears to get there, but you got there. Sometimes you walk to this altar. Sometimes you crawl. Sometimes you're scraping the floor to get there, but by the grace of God, you made it because the victory was just that much worth it. You know, I remember my dad would get so frustrated sometimes because sometimes he would come home really, really late. And he would, he would, I knew my dad would, would be mad because um, he would walk in and he slammed the door like, oh, no, he's mad. <laughs> and he would say, and he would t- and tell my mom, he would tell my mom, sorry, but they were late. They, uh, they were late unloading, un- unloading the dock again. Can you show the second image, please? And he would tell my mom that as he would unload, that they would be late to the loading dock. The, the unloaders would. And I remember I actually asked my dad the question this a few weeks back. I said, Dad, how come you wouldn't just get out of the truck and help them? And he said, because it's not my job to. And so I take that as God's job is to back up the cargo to your loading dock, but your job is to, is to get up, work, and actually get your hands in there and start unloading the victory. So how do you start unloading your victory? You get on your knees, you start praying for it. You get into the Word, you start reading it. You come to the house of prayer and you start worshiping. This is what you do to receive the victory. Do you want, do you want the way out of the battle you've been in? This is the way that you do it friend. 
You have to want your way out. You can't just sit there at the loading dock and expect God to open the door, open the driver's door, walk his way to the back, open, open the back hatch and start unloading it for you. You actually have to start getting it and taking the things that you need. You need the victory. You need to know how to actually fight for it. God has already fought for you. God has already granted the victory that you need. All you need to do is be ready to receive it. How do you receive it? It's one key word. It's faith. Are you ready for him? Are you ready to receive it? All you need, all you need is faith. And that is what's going to move the hand of God, friend. That's all, that's all that will do it. He's waiting, he's waiting for you to just receive it as your own. I remember not too long ago, I made a faith-based faith move of my own, and that was to move here to the city of Beaver. I'm going to be honest with you, friend, I never saw myself here. And that's okay. That's completely okay. You know, as the Lord, as the Lord called me into full-time ministry and Felt like the Lord was calling me here to Beeville. I made a specific prayer before God. I don't know why I did it, but it was, but, but, but it was a genuine one nonetheless. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, before I leave my mom and dad's house, I want my father to serve me a glass of water. And, I, and, and let, me, let me explain why that's significant to me. It's because every day whenever my dad would come home from work, that was my job, was to bring him a glass of water. And so even from the time that I was four, I remember my little hands trying to get the biggest glass because my dad, my dad would be really thirsty. And so on the last day, on the, on the last day, my, par my, my parents, we, helped, we got all my stuff, we loaded it up, and my mom and dad were already, were already in their vehicle. And I, was, I said, I'm going to go inside the house, I'm going to say one last prayer, and then, then we can go. So I went inside the house and I could literally, literally see flashbacks of, mem of different memories I had in the house. And the last place I went into was the kitchen. And then somehow my, my dad knew to walk in. My dad walked in, he gave me a hug, and then he said, come here, let me give you a glass of water. And I realized that was, da that was, yeah, that was, that was dad's hand over me saying, I got your back. And that was, that was God's way of saying, I'm going to pour out my living water over you and you will never thirst ever. And he was going to take care of me. And that was him letting me know that wherever you go, I will still have my hand over you. And friend, it's okay. It's okay for you to ask God for a sign, for you, for you to get those victories from him. Sometimes we need those, those, those little reminders. But all you got to do is just ask God for it, and he'll do it. The second, the third, the third kind of cargo God will deliver is truth. And, friend, a reason why I save, I save, I save this kind of cargo for last because it's the hardest one. Because one thing I admire about, about our pastor, Pastor Isaac, one thing I will always admire, admire about him is that he will always be honest with me even whenever it hurts me. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that, friends, because it's hard. It is hard to find an honest friend. But the reason why the reason why he is honest with me as a spiritual father, as a mentor, as a pastor, and a friend is because the Word of God calls him calls him to be honest. 
And God is an honest God, is he not? Friend, I'm going to encourage you is that whenever God tells us that we need to work on something in our lives, it's not, it's not to destroy you, it's to build you up. It's not for you to say, oh, no, I don't want that. I don't need to work on that. Friend, if we need to work on it, we need to work on that. If some of us have issues with lying and the word, and, and the, and the word of God says no false words shall come out of your mouth, then take it, work on it. You've been given a second chance, work on it. If you, aren't, if, you aren't a, if you aren't a giver, but the word, word of God says that we should all be givers in the house, you've been given a second chance. Take it. If the, if the word of God says that, that his word shall be, shall be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, but we haven't been reading it, I hear a second chance for us to be able to dig deeper into his word. God is not a God of condemnation, but what he is is a God of conviction. And if he's convicting something in your heart for you to grow in, take it. And the last thing I'm going to I'm going I'm going to I'm going to emphasize you with is the qualifications of the receiver. Cuz it's not easy to be a receiver at the loading dock, friend, right? It's not easy to do what we do, but the first thing it does require I'm going to be honest with you is patience. God told Abraham in his old age, I'm going to give you a son. But he started growing patient with it. He thought it'd be he thought it'd be a good idea to to have a child with another woman named Hagar, gave birth to the son Ishmael. That was not the child that God was going to bless. But even then, God said, I'm still going to bless you with the son anyway. Then came Isaac. That man, Abraham, laughed in God's face, said, just, can you just please bless Ishmael? God said, no, I'm going to stick to my word. That's why I say God is not subject to the circumstance. We can't make him bless anything. But what he will do is stay true to his word already. Mary and Martha, they sent word, they sent word to Jesus. Jesus, the friend whom you love is sick, as if he didn't know. And by the time he showed up, Lazarus had already been dead for some days. And they went and they went and threw and threw themselves at his feet, said, Jesus, had you had been here sooner, he'd still be alive. And Jesus, turned, and Jesus turned, around and, and turned around and asked Martha, do you believe that he, that he will rise again? And Martha said, I believe that he'll rise again with you, with you in, the, in the resurrection. And that's, where, and that's where Mary got it confused. See, Jesus wasn't telling her about resurrection the, resurrection, the event. He was telling about resurrection, the person. Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. And Lazarus indeed was, gonna, was going to rise again. Indeed, in Jesus Christ he did. And, that, and later on, he would do that. He would say, Lazarus, come out of that tomb. Just the same way he did us whenever he caught us out of the deadness that we were in and caught us back to life. All we, ha- all we have to do, friends, is just requires a little bit of patience, doesn't it? The situations in life that we dealt with before we, before, before we accepted Christ, it's gonna take, it took some time to deal with those things. And some of you may be dealing with those things still. But all you need to do is just give God some time to work. And he'll, and he'll take care of it, I promise you. The second thing you need is a little bit of endurance. Let me ask you this. Are you willing to fight for it? Are you willing to fight, are you willing to fight against whatever, whatever God, what, what, whatever, whatever the enemy has been trying to, been trying to throw, throw, throw against you? Most recently, for some, for some reason, the enemy has been trying to throw migraines at me. 
And the other day, the other day, the, the Lord had to use had to use my my doctor to to remind me because my doctor said you don't have to live with this, and it was a reminder. The Lord said you don't have to live with this, and I said, Lord, forgive me. And I feel like the Lord's reminding us, you don't have to live with this. Whatever we've been dealing with, you don't have to live with this. He's given us the fight to be able to to be able to move forward. All we need is that reminder. So your marriage, it's worth it. Your kids, they're worth it. Your job, your job is worth it. Your life, it's worth it. And then the third and final thing you need is you need knowledge of knowledge of knowledge of, of the driver. That's what you need. You know, there's a fine line, friend, between being on a bus and not knowing, not knowing who the driver is, and being in the passenger seat of someone and realizing, where are you going? Where are you taking me? God wants to take you somewhere where you've never been before. You just have to, you, you just have to let him take you. Brother Josh, would you come, please? I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet tonight. I want you to think for a minute. You may say, Brother Jake, I've been patient for I've been patient for a long time. I, ha- I haven't seen any change. Well, I'm encourage you. Wait a little bit longer. You may say, Brother Jake, I've been fighting for a long time. I still haven't seen any change in this situation. I've been asking God for. Well, friend, I'm encourage you to keep fighting just a little bit longer. You may say, Brother Jake, I don't even know who God is. I haven't heard him say nothing. What's going on? Let me ask you this question. Is your heart open to hear him? All God needs to work is an open heart. That's it. We sang sang this song in our worship time tonight. It says, teach me how to listen. I want to know your voice. It says, show me how to wait through living in the natural to rise above the noise. Can you do that tonight? You were made to be victorious, friend, in every situation of your life. But the enemy has tried to convince you of otherwise. And some of you have believed it. I've been guilty of that too before. I've been down that road. I know what that's like. The enemy tried to push me down, try to disqualify me. And whenever people would ask me, how are you feeling? And I would have no words to describe it because really I didn't know what I felt. Probably in one word, if I could describe it, I felt defeated. You may say, well, that doesn't make any sense. How can we feel defeated if God has fought for us? How can we feel so defeated? Well, friend, it comes with the territory. Jesus even said it himself, in this life you will endure many trials. That's very true. That part is so true. But then there's the second half that we can never forget. He said, but take courage. He said, take courage because I have overcome the world. And some of us need that reminder tonight. You may think, well, I'm doing fine. Well, there might be some people around you that aren't doing too hot right now. 
maybe you need to fight for them. In life, I feel like we're meant to do three things. First thing is to honor God. First, the second thing is to fight for ourselves. And the third thing is to fight, is to fight, is to fight for others. We can't do life on our own. We, we were never meant to. So tonight, here's, here's what we're going to do. We're all going to take a step of faith tonight. We're going to leave our seats. And we're going to come here. And we are going to transition ourselves and transition this place into a battlefield. Can we do that tonight? I'm going to invite you to leave your seats and come and find a place here at this altar. Can you do that tonight? Some of you have been on the battlefield of sickness. Some of you have been on the battlefield of anxiety. Some of you have been on the battlefield of depression. Some of you have been on the, on the, on the battlefield of double-mindedness. You don't know what to do. Some of you have been on the, on the battlefield of the past. Well, tonight, just like we made a prophetic declaration earlier, we're saying it again, no more. Anxiety, no more. Sickness, no more. Past, no more. We're declaring freedom tonight. From the crown of our head to the sole of our feet. We have been given the freedom to move forward in Jesus' name. We say goodbye to yesterday. And we enter into a glorious future with God. Lift your voice tonight. Don't be ashamed of this freedom that you have. It's yours. God has set it aside just for you tonight. Don't worry about anybody else. This is just for you right now. Just receive it as your own.